Oh, should we just try and listen into this phone conversation? Alas, they've driven away. That could have been a fun feature there, but never mind. Right. Welcome once more to rural Sheffield. That doesn't sound particularly rural at the moment. Now, the more orally astute of you will be noticing, and maybe even aggrieved, by the fact that there is a lack of a binaural presence in today's blog. And the reason for that is because, unfortunately, when I was plugging in my recording equipment, it just wasn't working. There was too much hiss. Oh, and there's an insect that's just flying. Shoot, bloody hell. And then just decided to land on me. And had a proper grub with its uh, protuberances. Normally, when I go on these walks, I record everything binaurally in three-dimensional sound. But, unfortunately, due to either a problem with the microphone's battery... Or the preamp, that's not going to be happening. And I hope you're not going to switch off. I mean, you know, I'm sorry, David, but if, you, if you're only going to give us stereophonic or monophonic sound, then, quite frankly, it's not good enough. But hopefully, the fact that I'm about to regale you with tales of my comedic exploits, hopefully that'll keep you going. It's not just about my appearance, it's about the whole thing. My goodness. Oh, it was dramatic. This is one of the gladiatorial nights where performers are given a potential five minutes to perform, but audience members are handed red cards. Three audience members are handed red cards, and if all three of those cards go up, then the performer is dismissed. Now, bearing in mind that I had travelled from Sheffield, I wanted to make sure I got there, so I set off reasonably early, and it's a good job I did, because all the trains were delayed. I left my house at two o'clock... And I finally got to London just after six o'clock. Then I had to get a tube and then finally get to the comedy store. So I arrived at the comedy store probably about half past six. And this is all for five minutes. But potentially, not even five minutes. I mean, potentially, I might only make ten seconds, twenty seconds. <laughs> Compound this by the fact that I had to get home that night as well. I got the megabus. I was getting the megabus home. London to Sheffield. I don't get in until four o'clock. The bus journey is just over four hours. Four hours, 15 minutes it ended up taking. And then I have to get a taxi to get me home. I didn't get home till half past four. So I'd been out of the house from two o'clock till 4.30. So 14 and a half hours and was out of the house. All to do a comedy spot, which was a maximum of five minutes, but potentially... Even less than that. Maybe, as I say, only 10 or 20 seconds. <laughs> That's quite... And can you imagine the horror... Well, I'm, I might be explaining to you the horror shortly. But the horror, if I didn't make it through to the five minutes, if I only did, like, 30 seconds, all that, to just be carded off after 30 seconds, and then to have to do that long journey home and not get in the house until half past four... Well, I've talked before about the Manchester King Kong experiences, so I'm not going to talk about those again. I did that a few weeks ago as well, when I won the Beat the Frog comedy competition. So maybe that's... I should mention that, just in case you're not aware, you've not heard, listened to that blog, and I don't know what, what you're doing with your lives, quite frankly, but... That was a similar competition in Manchester, exactly the same. Audience members given three red cards. If the three red cards go up, you're dismissed. But when I did that competition in May, I was not dismissed. When it came to the clap-off at the end which isn't as dodgy as it sounds. Basically just the audience clapping their hands. I mean, sure, that's what you probably thought it was anyway, to be honest. Sorry, I've been spending too much time at the King Gong. A lot of the acts were essentially just doing very explicit sexual jokes. 
I mean, I, I, I wouldn't normally stoop to that level, would I? So, I do apologise for that. It's rubbing off on me. Oh, there we go again. Oh, no, stop it, David, stop it. You're, you're better than that. The names of the performers were shouted out and the audience had to clap for each one. And the one that received the loudest clap won the competition. And on that night, I received definitely the loudest clap of the night. This is a different night. Same principle, same idea, but it's in London. Does that mean that the audience are going to be more brutal, even more brutal than the Manchester crowd? Right, well, let's just say there were probably, there were, I don't know, three or four hundred people in the room, maybe? This is at London's Comedy Store. It's an iconic comedy club. The prize for winning the King Gong, the prize is to get an open spot at the Comedy Store, which is quite a hallowed position. So I get to the venue, and the staff are absolutely brilliant. They say, oh, we'll put you right at the front. And the only concern that I had about being right at the front was that would the compare think, oh, well, he's obviously gained for a, you know, he's at the front, he's obviously gained for a bit of banter there, <laughs> and maybe engage me in banter, ask me what I do for a living and that kind of thing. And then if I didn't come up with funny responses to his questions, then before I'd even got on the stage, people might be thinking, he's obviously clearly proven that he's an idiot. I mean, that could be the thing. I might not even make ten seconds. People might have pulled their cards up before I even go on the stage. They might have already made the decision. So I thought that was the, the one problem potentially have been on the front, but then if I wasn't on the, at the front, it would be difficult to get to the stage. I was pretty confident as to where the stage was, so I wouldn't have any problems like the first time that I did Beat the Frog where I couldn't find the stage and spent the first minute waving my arms about and doing, <laughs> see, and making jokes from the top of the stairs about the fact that I couldn't find the stage. So, the compare does a bit of bantering with the audience, and it's clear from the start that the audience are uh, certainly ready for a fight they're they're quite loud there I mean, he's managing to control them absolutely brilliantly but you can tell that it's going to kick off you can tell that the audience are really being for blood i was on sixth and the first four people were gonged off in very quick succession <laughs> the audience were shouting for the cards to go up the card holders were quite swift on the cards going up if the cards hadn't fully gone up i might say there was only two cards had gone up everyone was shouting for the third card to go up they were shouting to the card holder put it up put it up one of them got up and made some joke about love island now i've no, no idea about love island i've never watched it but he made some joke maybe dissing one of the characters or something or it was an anti-love island joke or something i don't know i was too busy worrying about how i was going to fare to properly listen to the other people at this point he was making some joke and then the audience just started booing and then the boos got louder and everyone shouted ah don't you diss love island <laughs> And, like, people were shouting to get him off. The cards went up, the gong was sounded, and the compare says, Well, I suppose the moral of the story is, don't, don't have a go at Love Island with these people. And everyone cheered. And the thing is, as well, I absolutely hate Love Island. It's not the kind of thing I would ever watch or anything like that. I'm kind of trying to do comedy to these people, but they're kind of potentially on a very different wavelength to me. Because I... A, don't watch Love Island, but I'm completely ambivalent towards it. Well, more on the side of hating the idea, really. But secondly, to mix my numbers and my letters up, and I started with A, and then I said secondly, but that's the kind of man I am. I'm a maverick. You can't pin me down. One minute I'm using numbers, one minute I'm using letters. The next act came on, and she starts by saying, well, can I just say that... Uh, 
Uh, I, I love Love Island and the crowd cheer. Uh, I can't remember anything else that she said, but she tried a few more jokes and it didn't work. Bearing in mind that she'd got the audience on side with a little joke about loving Love Island and that kind of thing. Within a few seconds, they were after her again. So at this point, she stutters a little bit and she goes, uh, Do you not remember before uh, that I said I, I, I love, uh, live, live, love, love Island? And the audience noted, heard the fear in her voice and also the repeated joke and they weren't a fan of the repetition. And I think also seeing the weakness, identifying the weakness in the woman's delivery there with a stuttered line, they began to bear for blood. And the hounds were released in the form of red cards and she was dismissed. Another of the acts before me, he started making a joke and within the first five seconds was heckled. He gets up, he starts by saying something like, I'll tell you what's corrupt. And then someone just shouted out from the audience in a massively loud voice, you! And the audience were all going, ooh, because obviously this man had been heckled. And I feel so sorry for the act. But then the person on stage, calmly deals with a heckler, makes some joke about, I don't know what the put-down was, but it was it was some kind of put-down based on the, the man's mother. Everyone was like, everyone was loving this. The way he did the heckle put-down was, I mean, I don't know whether it was, and it's really disingenuous maybe to say, but it was almost like that man was a plant, because it just seemed really weird that this man should just shout, you, at the top of his voice, like perfectly timed. I'll tell you what's corrupt, you, was the start of his thing, and then at this point, he hadn't even had a laugh. Obviously, they, they hadn't even done a joke. And then his first joke was this massive put-down about this man's mother. And I don't know, but the trouble is, again, it's the repetition. Because someone else heckled, and he did another joke about mothers, and the audience weren't quite in for it this time. And then someone heckled him again, and uh, he did yet another joke about the mother. But this was a really weak joke. I mean, I might even say the first one was particularly good, but this was a particularly weak joke. The audience had clearly had enough of it, and I think that the jokes that he was trying as well in between that were kind of mother-based as well. <laughs> so it was quite weird that the whole thing essentially was him making rather rude and coarse jokes about mothers. And then obviously his heckles were all about mothers as well, and, and the audience grew restless at the repetition. Well, mum was the word, but it was the word that essentially got him carded off. So then, the person before me got onto the stage, and she made a joke about how brutal the audience were, which the audience seemed to enjoy, and then um, she launched into her stuff, and she seemed to, she sounded very accomplished, like she'd done this before, and she had an actual routine, and uh, the audience settled down, and she uh, managed to make the five minutes the first five minutes of the thing, one before me. So this is the fifth person on, and the first person to make the full five minutes. The hallelujah chorus sounded through the speakers. The crowd cheered, and she was victorious. And then it was my turn. I'd had this idea on the train. I was looking at my spreadsheet. If you didn't listen to the Beat the Frog blogs, I've taken to putting my jokes into a spreadsheet so that I can order them and then I can put a predicted laughter level and then when the gig's finished, I can put the actual laughter level in there and compare it and I can obviously move jokes around in the spreadsheet quite easily. While I was looking at my spreadsheet, I was thinking about dropping certain bits and then... But then I had this idea, like some other jokes came to me and I thought, brilliant, I can put these in. But it meant sort of restructuring stuff. 
And I, I knew it was a bit of a dangerous thing to do, it was a bit of a gamble, to suddenly start restructuring the stuff that had worked at Beat the Frog, and had got a standing ovation, and had won the entire competition, to suddenly start taking bits out and putting new jokes in that I'd never tried. But I was convinced that these jokes would work. I was pretty confident with them, so I put them in. Anyway, so I got on the stage. I was guided on the stage, which I wasn't expecting to be guided onto the stage by the by the MC. So that kind of changed my introduction because I had an introduction plan, but I kind of had to acknowledge the guiding almost because it would have seemed a bit weird if I hadn't. So I made a joke about that, which went down pretty well because I suppose the audience probably realised it was a little bit of an improvised bit. So I did a few little improvised jokes, and then I launched into the stuff that I'd planned. And it was all going well. I felt like it was going really well. And then it got on to the new material, the stuff I hadn't tried before. I did a bit more of an improvised bit. The new jokes seemed to be going well. And then I heard the Hallelujah Chorus. And I'd done it. I'd done it with no heckles. My jokes had gone down really well. And the applause was very fulsome. Six acts in and two had made it. One of them being me. There might have been another two people that got in before the end of the half. It was either one person or two people. But there must have been about 14, 15 people on. And then, in the uh, interval, one of the organisers came up to congratulate me on the performance. And he said, So have you got your, uh, your extra minute prepared for the final? And I kind of forgot about that. <laughs> Everyone who survived the five minutes, there was a clap-off. And then it's whittled down to the last three... So if there's more than three, you have to get down to the last three. And then those three people have to do a minute. So depending on how many people got in, I might not have to do a minute because I might not get the louder clap that means that I register for that minute. But anyway, I needed to start thinking. So all the way through the next act, I was trying to think about what I could maybe talk about and I was running through it in my head like where's the jokes going to come Is am I going to have enough time to get to the end of the story in a minute is it a strict minute I don't know if it's a strict minute I mean can I do like a minute and 20 is that alright or is it like a timer I didn't really know any of these things and it's also difficult to run through material in your head and ideas when all around you is the chaos of like people shouting get him off get him up get him up which is what they were doing throughout the second half, because because I think in the entirety of the second half, only one person had made it through. So there were like another 14 or 15 acts, and so far only one per other person had made it through. So there were only five people going through out of 32, one of which was me. And there was a couple of... Oh, all right. No, I'm being heckled. So they came gone all over again. I'm trying to do so. Yeah, very good. Maybe this is sheep for... Get him off! Lambasting me. I don't want to be lambasted. <laughs> but then, just before the end of the night, someone was introduced onto the stage, and he started to tell this laborious story in this really quiet voice, and everyone was just laughing at him. I don't know what he was talking about. It was some weird abstract thing about, I met this girl and she had loads of slime on her face, and we went into the woods and... Just started talking about absolutely, I don't know what he was talking about. He couldn't really hear because he was so softly spoken. And the audience were just laughing at him. And some people were shouting, keep the cards down, because they were just enjoying the ridiculousness. 
and he was called Totty, and everyone was shouting his name, Totty, Totty, mockingly shouting his name. He was just trying to go on, but no one could hear what he was saying. And then there were people in the audience saying, shh, shh, give him a chance, give him a chance, shut up, and swearing at the people who were shouting, and people who were standing up and shouting at the people who were shouting his name, like, mockingly, and, oh, it was weird, it turned into this crazy thing, and, and all this noise, and the MC shouting, all right, everyone, all right, calm down, and at this point, I'm getting such a headache, because I haven't really eaten all day, the sound was really loud, and I was, because it sat me right at the front, I was right next to the gong, so every time someone got gonged off, it was like a massive gong in my ear. I think they turned the compare's microphone up to compete against all of the sounds, or maybe the, and also the man who was doing the performing turned his microphone up, so it was just getting louder and louder, the sound around me, and I knew that in, you know, five or ten minutes, potentially, I might have to deliver another minute of comedy to this crowd, and... My head, I had a splitting headache. And then people started holding up the cards, and one card went up, and he was still trying, but he was just talking. I don't know what was going through his head, because he was just chuntering away, but no one could hear anything that he was talking about. But he didn't stop. He just continued in this monotonal, soft voice. And then two cards went up, and now you've got some people in the crowd who are shouting, give him a chance, give him a chance. You've got other people in the crowd who are shouting, hold your card up, get him off, get him off. And then you've got other people in the crowd who are sort of mockingly shouting, Tarty, Tarty, keep going, keep going, keep him going. And I almost wanted to see him try the whole five minutes. And this went on for another 30 seconds. I thought, bloody hell, he's, he's going to do it. He's going to be one of the, the five minutes people. He's going to be number six. And then eventually, like, people were shouting, card him off, card him off. And he was carded off. I think he'd made two and a half minutes or something with all this fiasco going on. And in that time, he hadn't done a single joke. But the audience had just gone absolutely wild and were chanting his name. And then, even though three cards had gone up and he'd left the stage, the MC was trying to get quiet. And then there were, like, loads of people in the audience just shouting, get him back, bring him back, Tarty, Tarty, bring him back, bring him back, Tarty, Tarty. And it, went, it was like a football chant. And people were banging on the tables, stamping their feet, and the compare was trying to get quiet, and they couldn't, and the microphone seemed to be getting louder and louder, and the MC was like, shut up, everyone! And the crowd are getting more and more, and then there's other people shouting at the other people to shut up. And at this point, my head is exploding with pain. And the, I'm just thinking, how am I going to deliver this minute? I can't concentrate, I've got tinnitus, I've got, I can hear my ears are absolutely ringing. I feel dizzy, I'm hot, my head is spinning. Eventually, the MC sort of managed to get it under control, and he said, right, we're not, we can't bring him back. He's been carded off three times, that's the rules. But then the, the crowd started up again, Tarty, bring him back, bring him back, with even more urgency. And so the MC said, oh, well, I suppose I've got no choice, he's coming back. We're going to get him back on, if he wants to come back on, he can come back on. So he goes back on, and at this point, there's like a, well, like a World Cup winning cheer from the audience. Everyone's chanting his name, and the audience were just laughing mockingly at him, and then some more people started chanting his name, and you could tell that so many people in the audience now were, were really drunk, and was like, oh, and <laughs> I thought, this is an absolute bloodbath, this is going to be crazy. So even though he'd been carded off, this went on for a further two and a half minutes, and eventually the gong sounded... The Hallelujah Chorus played, and there's a massive cheer, and everyone was chanting, Tarty, Tarty. And then the MC says, Okay, well, despite all the odds, that's uh, contender number six. And I thought, What? He's been carded off three times. I mean, like, yeah, fair enough, he's made the five minutes due to this the weird nature of the audience. 
having a laugh at this person who's clearly got nothing to say and just enjoying the thrill of kind of having the control to keep him on stage. <laughs> Even though you had people who probably, I think there were some people performing that night who actually had some good content, but the audience just weren't going for it. And they were, I would say, unfairly dismissed. There were a few people that I was sort of shaking my head at when the crowd were just vociferously shouting, get them off, and, and the cards went up. I was thinking, my God, this is ridiculous. But now we've got someone who hasn't told a single joke, but the audience have put through two of the five minutes, even though he'd been carded off before. And I thought, I know where this is going. He's going to win the bloody thing. The man who's told absolutely no jokes is going to win the whole thing. The audience are going to go absolutely crazy. And they're going to go, oh, well, we'll have to give him a five-minute spot now, the comedy store, uh, <laughs> an open spot. Surely not. But then we were all announced onto the stage, the finalists, the six finalists. We all got really hearty applauses onto the stage. I got a very vociferous one, and other people got... The girl who was on before me got a really vociferous applause. But then when they shouted, when they said Totty's name, the crowd erupted, and it was just, Totty, Totty. And I thought, this is it. He's going to have to do another minute. He's going to do a further minute of just absolute nonsense, and the audience are just going to laugh and shout his name and cheer and get him through, and he's going to win. Losing to Totty would just be absolutely ridiculous. So then we did the clap-off, and so he said, OK, well, we have to take who got the biggest claps. So it was me. So there were six people, and I think they let two go. So Totty did another minute, and the crowd went absolutely wild for him. They were, again, they weren't listening to a word he was saying. They were just laughing and shouting, Totty, Totty. But he did the minute. The countdown music came on. And that was it. So then I thought, right, well, it's definitely a minute now. We know it's all, it's timed. So that sort of changed what I'd thought. Because if I went over, there was no chance of, of going over, even if it was like a minute five, minute ten. So I thought, I've got to do something where it's not a story. It's just going to have to be jokes. There was another guy who came on, he did his thing, and then it was my turn. So I just thought, well, I might as well improvise for the first bit and then see how we get on. So all I'm going to do now is I'm going to play you the clip. This is quite swear-laden, but if you imagine me standing on stage, the lights are bright, my ears are ringing, my head is spinning and pounding, I'm half expecting that Totty is going to win the entire thing. Because of this whole fiasco with Totty, as I explain in the actual clip here, because of this, I was worried, because the gig had gone on a bit longer than it was meant to go on for, because of all this interruption with Totty, that I was worried I was going to miss the bus. So here we are, this is just a little bit of improvised stuff that I did as part of my minute. Thank you very much. I think from now on I'm going to measure my life as pre and post Totty. <laughs> oh my God, going to be the same again. <laughs> Fiasco with Totty has gone on so long that I have missed the four hour, five minute megabus home to Sheffield. <laughs> so I better win this fucking thing. No. My God. So, anyway, I then did a bit more of my own material that I'd come up with before all this totty madness happened. And uh, the response was very vociferous. And then the girl who was on before me, it's her turn to do her minutes. And in fairness, she really managed to get the crowd on side, quieten them down, and did some material. She got an absolutely massive cheer. So then it was time for us all to go back on the stage. So the first thing that happened was the compere dismissed Totty. He says, all right, you've had your fun now. And the crowd gave Totty a massive cheer, and he returned to his seat. So it wasn't going to be Totty. And then our names were announced. 
Well, I'll play you the the responses. I'll play you the applause because I've recorded this because I was recording this from my pocket. So I'm going to play you the responses. Now, I can't listen to these at the moment because I'm recording on the very device that the, the recording is actually on. But here we go. These are the responses. This is the response of the first person. <laughs> then this is the response for me. And finally, this is the response from the crowd when the compere shouts the name of the girl who preceded me. So you assume it's obvious from the volume of the applause there that the winner was the girl who preceded me. Okay, well, I got the name of the girl wrong when I was on my walk, so I'm now not on my walk anymore, and I will tell you the proper name of the girl. The girl who won the competition was called Kate Barron, and she's a Canadian comedian, I think. Seems reasonably experienced. Um, there's stuff on YouTube. It's uh, K-A-T-E and B-A-R-R-O-N. Um, so you can see the kind of stuff that she does. Uh, but she was the winner. You know, I was happy to come second, really. It was second out of 32 people. I managed to make the bus, and it would have made the four hours and 15 minute mega bus journey to Sheffield, and then the taxi journey before eventually getting to bed at half past four. It would have made all of that a lot more palatable had I won, but never mind. It means, though, that I'm probably going to have to go back again <laughs> and do another one. And I, So I'm going to have to think about a new routine, give that a bit of a practice, and go back to the comedy store in London. It was so close. It was so close. But you could hear there that she got the best response. But anyway, what's next for me? I will hopefully be doing the King Kong Comedy Competition in Manchester. That should be on Sunday, so that's where it all started, this gladiatorial competition. My first one that I ever did was... King Gong in Manchester. And then, the day after, on the Monday, I will be at the Frog and Bucket in Manchester, where I shall be doing my eight-minute spot, which I won when I won the Beat the Frog competition in May. And I'm going to be trying out some very interesting things there. The first minute or two is going to be quite a hair-raising experience for me. I'm very trepidatious about it, but I'm going to try something out that I've never tried before. It's a bit of a gamble. But if it works, then I think it could, it could be a great thing. Um, <laughs> so we'll see what happens, everyone. We'll see. But I'll be back next week with another blog. Until then, from me, David Eagle, goodbye.